This week on the Out of Towners podcast, Ollie in a wheel. A brief international edition of From Worldly to Wally. And sadly, racism rears its ugly head again. So Spurs get to keep their manager until Christmas. That'll be one for the books, won't it? It will. Well, it wasn't expected, was it? Um, Initially, when Oli got the job, no one thought that he'd be getting... Even Neville said um, today or yesterday when it was, no one expected Oli Gunnar Solskjaer to be named permanent Manchester United manager after this period of interim charge. No, but he's deserved it. I mean, he's won 14 of his 19 matches and they've awarded him with a three-year contract, so... Yeah, um, re- I mean, I saw on Sky that he has the best ever uh, win percentage of any Manchester United manager in the Premier League. And it's slightly skewed that when Sir Alex managed, what, 800-odd, however yeah, many games, yeah. even more than that maybe. Um, and Ollie's managed about 19. Let's not forget, he's been given this job on the back of two defeats. Like, That's very true, yeah. The, the, the yeah. international break. People seem to have forgotten that. They've lost their last two matches. Knocked out of the FA Cup against a team... Yeah, Wolves are decent, but a team that they should be knocking out. They should. And lost to a a big rival in their race for top four in Arsenal. And the Arsenal game... Who have looked beatable. Yeah, they have. Um, I mean, we beat them 5-1 Anfield not long ago, a couple of months ago, Arsenal. So they're not great defensively. Been a bit better recently. But I just... They're okay. The Arsenal game, did you watch the Arsenal game? I did. It could have gone either way. There were chances both ends. It was the Wolves game, and I know we mentioned this last week, and Tom I mentioned it. I unfortunately watched that as well. Yeah, and that was back to the old Jose days. Very defensive, weren't they, in that game? They just weren't very ambitious. Uh, and that's I mean, what, the injuries have been there, which, yeah. you know, and, and players not to full fitness. But, I mean, you could argue that's one really bad performance um, out of all of the ones that Ollie's taken charge of. I mentioned to you off mic that I heard um, the ex-Palace chairman, Simon Jordan, you know, the uh, the man who loves his own voice more than yeah. we do, more than we do. <laughs> debatable with me, but there we go. Um, I don't agree with a lot of what Jordan says, but he, I, I thought he put it perfectly this morning. He said that United, he felt that United have made an unavoidable mistake in appointing Ollie. And and I kind of agree on both on both aspects. It was unavoidable. There's no way after what's gone on, despite the two defeats recently, they couldn't have give. They couldn't have not given Oli the job. The, the groundswell support from the from the supporters and pundits a lot. Like you, you look at like Ferdinand, um, and Neville, and and any of the ex Manx in the media. They have all been desperate for him to get the job. Yeah, you can see why because he's he's his brand <laughs> of football is exactly what the he's also what the fans have wanted. He's also one of the boys. Don't forget, he's, yeah, he is. He's gonna yeah, get yeah. a little bit of yeah. slack when things go badly. He's gonna get a little bit of slack in the media from the same people. It's true. I asked you this question earlier on. Um, will the management of Man United be different? I don't think it'll be any different. when Ed Woodward is still the manager. Well, if you look at the. Um, the statement that was put forward by Ed Woodward, um, he pointed at a more long-term strategy. So they looked at Moyes, funnily, as a long-term appointment, you know, as a successor to uh, Fergie, and that didn't yeah. work. So that's when they started going for like, so Van Gaal and Mourinho, who are short-term managers, you know, three years, in and out, win trophies. Didn't really work. Won a couple of trophies, but they weren't challenging for league titles. Yeah. So they've gone backwards, not backwards, but back to the whole, let's try and find someone for a long-term um, project that's I mean look I mean I know we've not won anything on the clock but if you look at the squad that we had when Brendan left the, the team that lost 6-1 to Stoke 
on the like, final day I of the season. That, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Look at that squad then and look at it now. Look at where it was then and we're challenging for league titles and Champions I mean, this is the second year on the bounce we've reached the quarterfinals of the Champions League and we could go further. We're, we're actually challenging and it's because it's a project. It's a long-term project. Look at Spurs. Yeah, they've not won anything under Poch. But they're challenging. They're always also up there. Not bought anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, which is incredible. I still think, as a supporter of a team that's up there challenging for league titles and, and trophies, I would have been more worried had they appointed Poch. I'd have been. I look at this and I think they'll be looking for a new manager by Christmas, maybe, because he's not experienced. He's just not experienced. Well, that's what feeling comes in for, though. I know, but, but is he going to stay? I've not said anything about feeling. I could. Yeah, no, I, I, feeling, some, I would have thought. I'd be. I'd be surprised if he didn't stay. Um, and I, and I do agree with Tom. I think feeling and Carrick are massive to that backroom staff. I just don't think he didn't react well after the Wolves defeat. No, he came out so shy and basically had a go at the players and yeah, said he, that was the worst we've played since I've been there. And he couldn't not say that. Um, but and I, and I point back I've, about three or four times. I've pointed to this. Um, his demeanour when things aren't going well, you look at what happened at Cardiff, is not good. Mm. He gets very prickly with the press. And when it becomes clear next year, unless you spend about 400 million in the summer, when it becomes clear, when it becomes clear that you're not fighting for the league next year and you're fighting for top four, things might go awry again. And mm. the fans, this goodwill from the fans will only go so far. Uh, and it, and it, when it becomes clear that you're not challenging for the league title again, and, even, and if you don't get in the top four this year, if you don't get Champions League football next year, because that's, I mean, you're likely to, I would have thought, um, but Arsenal might have something to say about that. If you don't get top four and you're in the Europa League next year, that makes your league campaign infinitely more difficult. Yeah. So I, I genuinely think, I agree with Simon Jordan, it's an unavoidable mis- mistake. I think you should have gone for Poch because his man management's fantastic. Uh, he does it on a shoestring. So you'd have thought, I mean, he has good connections back in La Liga. I think you should have gone for Poch. And I think when things start to hit the skids with Ollie, things will go downhill very quickly. He'll ride this crest of um, goodwill until the end of the season. Um, you're not expected to get anything from Barca. So if you put in a couple of good performances and don't go through, you'll still he'll still be viewed as, yeah, fair enough. We don't expect anything. I just think it's going to all end in tears. And United fans don't see that and I don't see how they've seen this is an emotional appointment look at what these don't work look at Di Matteo at Chelsea after he won the Champions League look yeah. at Kenny at Liverpool after he'd steadied the ship after Hodgson only stayed for another year got us a Carling Cup and that, and we were poor in the league emotional appointments do not work as a part time United fan how do you feel <laughs> couldn't help that one could you <laughs> what I was going to say is I think the whole reason why feelings though is he's got obviously a lot of experience to draw from with Ferguson. I think going back to when you were saying his, if he does hit a slump like he did with Cardiff, is he going to sink? I think feeling will be a massive help if if he is going to survive a slump. But is feeling going to be because it never under Fergie or rarely under Fergie uh, unless Fergie was having a strop. Did feeling front up for the media? The only time Feeling went out there to front up for the media after bad games or anything was when Fergie decided he'd stop talking to the BBC because they'd annoyed him. Um, <laughs> is, is Ollie going to do that? Is, no, is I Feeling, think, feeling going to still be the face of the media, but I think Feeling will be there in the background with, with Carrick to kind of steady the ship if it does go south. We, we obviously, if there is a bad run, to avoid it going like it would be Cardiff when he got relegated with them. But I it, mean, we say Cardiff. It's... It, it, 
he was, different it is. He, he was he was on a hiding to nothing to Cardiff, and the chances are, even if uh, he was someone of Pep Guardiola's stature, yeah, he, he could have easily gone down. It was just I'm not talking about his coaching um, methods at Cardiff. I'm talking about his demeanour and yeah, how yeah, quickly no. it turned when it was obvious that Cardiff weren't going to play the way he wanted in the Premier League. Um, and he's and we, we forget that he's so inexperienced right, at this level. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. so inexperienced and. Experience counts for a lot. Yeah, you've got to get it from somewhere. I understand that. Um, you but don't not get experience. one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Exactly. For me, and this is really going to pain me to say this, and I can't believe I'm coming to this conclusion, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he does because if he doesn't have to be tactically the best manager. He doesn't have to be sort of, you know, your, your, your Spygate leads and, you know, and everything. If he can get those players playing for him, that that's it. They're going to be one of the best teams in the world once again. I I think the squad has to be added to. I don't think that. I don't think that's that squad. I don't think. I don't think that squad can. You look at the squad now. That squad can't be one of the best teams in the world. I that's just, what worries me because disagree. my thoughts on Ed Woodward are, I think, much like most United fans would argue, very low. Mm. Who's Who's Oliver Solskjaer going to be able to bring in? I don't know. I don't know who's going to want to play for him. I've seen a few players this. Who have been reported to say that they're looking for? I mean, to... it pains me more to say United are a big club. Uh, they're one of the biggest in the world. Uh, they're a draw on their own. They are. Um, most players, given the chance, would probably go to Manchester United. Mm. As I say, probably most definitely, unless the likes of City come in. Um, I think their transfer um, strategy is going to have to change. It's Woodward. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, he's so. He's a businessman. He's so look not at a, a so he, exactly. So Falcao, Di Maria, Sanchez, just three off the top of my head. Big names flopped massively. Di Maria was a weird one because he's a quality footballer. But I mean, you could talk yeah, about. Management. He just didn't have the stomach. For no, 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 he didn't. Did um, I think, and obviously they've been linked with Bale. I think that'd be a mistake as well with his injuries recently. He's I mean, a quality player. Why are you going? He's Why a quality player. What they need to do is go back um, to what they what they used to do is buying quality young players. They don't have to be young but English then, players. But that's the thing. They're now going to be competing with Spurs because I, I was reading the other day about Spurs Spurs' transfer philosophy now is going after kids who are you know twenty two or whatever. But I think they'll suffer from the the uh, I say the Arsenal effect, the Emirates effect. Look at how Arsenal spending was curbed after they moved into the Emirates. And now they've they've paid. I mean, this this stadium, the costs for not just the stadium, but having to play in Wembley for most of the season, the costs on Spurs have been monumental. So it'd be interesting to see how much they've got to spend. I think United's problem is that they're going to be going up against us and City, um, maybe Chelsea, depending on the transfer embargo. Uh, Arsenal are going to rebuild under Emery. They're going to add because yeah, em- Emery's yeah. proven that he can do it with a de- like, with uh, with. There's so many positions in that squad that exactly. Um, he's tightened up at the back, so I think by the sounds of it, United are happy with that that they saved a bit of money there. But I think Sancho would be perfect. Um, you go back to United going for Rooney. He was young, dynamic, hungry. Yeah. Ferdinand was a young player as well when they You've went. Got for to get him. four or five wingers yeah. off the books. Though, I think. Sancho. I mean, yeah. Sancho. Yeah, but Sancho would be perfect. He's such a wonderful player. He could take on that number seven. You, you can see that he's got that. Assure, self-assurance about him oh, not to be crushed yeah, yeah. by that um, I think you've got to go back to you, not just young like promising players young quality players who are going to cost I mean Sancho will cost probably about 80-90 million maybe more if Dortmund mm. get the way and I think that's the way they're going to have to go Will Woodward do it? No. Nope. I think I don't know I don't know uh, I think someone's got to change 
I think it's he's got to be yeah, He came from the business side. Do you not think he's going to look at this and think, well, I've made mistakes now, time to go for a different thing. That's what he's done. Steve, he's Steve, made mistakes. It was in, he was in that position, I believe, when, no, maybe not with Figger, but definitely he was there under, I think, Moyes maybe, Definitely Van Gaal. Gil, Gil, I mean, Gil, Gil, Gil was Gil, Fergie's Gil, boy. Yeah, did Gil at the same were, time? I can't remember. But either way, he's been there through three or four managers. He has. No, it's not going to change. Well, but it has, so kind, of, it has kind of changed because he's appointed Oli. Like, if it was down to him, he'd want to go yeah, out and get Zidane. Yeah, but We've tried it for now, still, haven't we? We've tried, we tried Fergie's appointment with Moyes. That didn't mm. work. We've Shockingly. Tried, we've tried experience with Van Gaal and Mourinho. Both of yeah, Van Gaal didn't do too bad. I mean, you sacked him. He was treated. Yeah, he was yeah, treated. I mean, we've spoken about this before. Winning the FA Cup doesn't yeah. keep you in a job. Plus, he's a he's a bit of a bizarre man anyway. And then loved. I mean, we've spoken all about this. We've not come out and spoken about what Van Gaal said about Ollie a couple of days ago. Was it a day or so ago? I've you not know, seen this. He said he came, he's come out and said the way Ollie plays is no different to the way he played. He said Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer parks the bus. And that Van Gaal thought his own teams were more adventurous, even though the stats go massively against that. Goals scored, chances created, uh, it all goes against it. Van Gaal just feels very bitter about the way it ended. And I understand to a degree, but coming out with saying that the style of play that Solskjaer's team play was similar to Van Gaal. I mean, I don't watch United every week, but I'm pretty sure a United fan would kind of... Laugh at that. Well, yeah. more well, we could, we could maybe try and ask Tom, but he doesn't watch them every yeah, week. I, that's why I didn't ask Tom. <laughs> hey, tell you what, what time is it for? Is it time for Worldy to Wally? I think it is. <laughs> it's a short one this week, thanks to uh, our lovely friend, the International Break. God, I hate the International Break. So boring. So boring. Right. So we've got two worldies and two wallies this week. We'll start with the worldies. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Start with the worldies. So we'll give our first worldie of the week to, and this pains me because he's an ex-Evertonian, uh, Ross Barkley. Couldn't really, not, couldn't really not mention Ross Barkley. Yeah, this week. I mean, I, I mean, you you've been the one who've written, who's written these this week. So <laughs> the other one is isn't linking with this, isn't it? What the uh, other the other worldie? Well, it's an international one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just think this is more on Sari, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, this is more... We could talk about this during the Wally one. Um, but I've given this to Ross Barkley because he scored two goals for England. He's uh, He's been nowhere for Chelsea, really. He had a couple of good performances early on in the year. Yeah. Uh, but he's not really turned it on for Chelsea. Phil, our Chelsea friend who we mention quite regularly on, um, doesn't really mention him a great deal. So I'm not completely sure um, what Phil thinks of him. Phil... At Towners Podcast on Twitter. Please. <laughs> um, but scoring two goals for your country. I mean, he seems like he's been around for ages now, Ross Barkley, but Tom found out for us earlier that he's 25. So he's got so many years ahead of him. And he is completely different to any of the central midfielders we have in that squad, that England have in that squad. Yeah. Um... He's, he, he's box to box almost. He, he picks up the ball in the middle of the park and he drives forward. And we haven't got a strong powerhouse midfielder who can do that. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have your frustrations with him, I think. I don't think that's ever going to be out of his game. But I I know watching, I can't remember which of his goals he scored, but the one where uh, Hudson and Doyle turned back inside, tried to obviously do a curling shot, but mm. it's obviously gone between defenders and it's just found 
Barclays. And and he's forward. He's in that position. Yeah. He's in the tight, and he and he, he'll want to score goals. Um, yeah. Which is strange at Chelsea level when you think you have Kante, who's very defensive. You could put Barkley in, who's very offensive. But we'll, we'll come to that. You're moving on to Wally. Yeah, yeah. We'll get on to Wally in a bit, as I'm sure our listeners can imagine who is going to be one of our Wallers of the Week. Our next worldie of the week is, uh, is Serge Gnabry. I'm not sure if our listeners saw the uh, the Holland-Germany game. First of, all, first of all, it was an amazing game. It was a fantastic yeah. game. Finished 3-2 with a late win for Germany. I, w- I watched the first half. Yeah. Thought, yeah, yeah, it kind of sparked a lot. Yeah, Gnabry's goal. This is why he's getting the worldie of the week uh, alongside Ross Barkley this week. So, uh, it was a great strike. It was incredible. So he's uh, Van Dyke's covering him the whole way. Van Dyke doesn't do anything wrong. He doesn't turn his back. He kind of covers the he covers the run. But Gnabry just cuts inside, curls it top bin. It is a world class goal. You don't and, expect it that goal to come from the position he's in. No, no. And this is Serge Gnabry, who Arsenal were quite happy to let leave and go to, I think it was Hoffenheim. He went, he was at Hoffenheim when we played them in the Champions League last year. And now he's at Bayern Munich. He played really, I mean, he was probably one of the only attacking threats they had at Anfield. Yeah. He's had two loans at Hoffenheim. Yeah, so he was at Hoffenheim, yeah. Um, He was at Hoffenheim, then he's, he's made his way to Bayern Munich. And he's, he's doing well for them. And Arsenal, I mean, Arsenal happily got rid of him. And they've got a lad there who's scoring for the German national team now. And he's he's starting nearly every week for Bayern Munich. He's got six appearances and five goals for the oh, German international team. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that is, insane. And Arsenal let him go. Ah, how, much, how much did Arsenal let him go for? Is there a transfer fee? Um, Should it not be down at the bottom? So, so. we're still getting to grips viewers with our, uh, our stats man with our stats man yeah. or, or our stats man is still getting to grips with stats <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more, more say I'm getting used to my job <laughs> <laughs> it's more the reading thing I think come on then um, no, it doesn't matter if oh, that's disgusting 5 million 5 million <laughs> he went to Werder Bremen for 5 million yeah. that was reported and then he was at Hoffenheim then he's at Bayern Munich you spent I mean, some time in Germany Tom aren't you that, you could tell with that pronunciation <laughs> Werder Bremen <laughs> So, we'll move on to Wally's now. Uh, the first Wally is a quick one. Uh, it's another one which we're, we're going to kind of tell our listeners to go and watch. It's the Andorran goalkeeper, Josep Gomez, for possibly one of the worst clearances <laughs> you will ever see. It's a wonderful bicycle game. It is. If, if you're a wrestling fan, it's a bro kick gone wrong. If you're not a wrestling fan, it's, a bicycle, it's, it's, a, it's like a standing bicycle kick that he attempts before even reaching the ball... Obviously, it goes awry and it reaches um, an, an opposing attacker. Armando Sudoku. Oh, thank you, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, there's no way I Once was trying that. Once again, the pronunciation. There was absolutely no way I was attempting that one. Um, so this yeah. is a new segment. It Tom is. pronounces names. <laughs> no, yeah, we could just do that for 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I bet we get yeah. more listeners. <laughs> Don't ask me to ask me all name. <laughs> so yeah, that was the first Wally of the Week. The second Wally of the Week is the one we're going to end on and it's linked to Ross Barkley is Maurizio Sarri, and that's for a couple of reasons. Firstly, he was made to look like a proper mug by Ross Barkley and Callum Hudson-Odoi, who both turned it on for England, were brilliant for England, albeit against um, a poor side, but they still turned it on for England. Chelsea are in a really poor run of form at the moment, and neither of the, Barkley gets into the team more. It's either well, him half or... half again. It's, it's either him or... Yeah. Is it, um, Kovacic. Kovacic, yeah. Um, and Hudson Odoi has never started a league game for Chelsea. So first of all, Sarri's a Wally for for letting Chelsea go through this slump yeah, and not turning I'm, to I'm either just, player. I'm just going to throw it out there. 
Hazard is the one he's trying to get in. He's trying to get into that position, isn't he? But you could get him on the right. I think he'd be better on the right than Vilio. Uh, and that brings me to another reason uh, why Sarri is the Wally of the Week. I was listening to his uh, press conference uh, today or yesterday when he spoke about Callum Hudson Odoi, and he said that he didn't make the time. He didn't make the time to watch the game, and he, he said something about twenty minutes. So we could probably gaze that he watched about twenty minutes of the game, only twenty minutes of. A lad who's under his watch, a young lad who's a, who could be going to Bayern Munich, mm. has a lot of potential, doesn't spend time to watch his international game. Okay, fair enough. Sarah might be a busy man. Watch his 20 minutes. He still found the time to say that Hudson Odoi played quite poorly in the first 20 minutes because he was stuck out on the right. He's yeah. a straight. And then he went on to say, to, to be fair, he went on to say then he did a lot better on the left. All right. Even though he said he only watched 20 minutes, so I'm not quite sure how he felt. He's obviously one of his scouts told him that. So he can't use Hudson Odoi and Barkley properly for Chelsea, even though Southgate can for England. He didn't really pay attention to Hudson Odoi's England debut, and it's and it's a high level international football. Yeah. So you'd have thought if he can hack it for England, he could hack it in a few Premier League games. Especially even against the nature of opposition, who were just out to ex- exactly, kill. exactly, um, and. Thirdly and lastly, um, he was asked whether he had spoken to Callum Hudson-Odoi about the racist abuse he'd suffered uh, against Montenegro. And he said, no, he hadn't, uh, because he doesn't like talking about this stuff with Callum because it's not something he can solve. Now, I'm not a manager, but if you manage any you are, team, you are a human being. Human being. If, you, yeah. if, if a lad that you're managing if uh, is, is under your management suffers that kind of, that kind of disgusting abuse... Yeah, it's down. To, it's not down to Sari to say, right, Callum, you've been racially abused. Come and talk to me about it. It's not Sari doesn't need to do that. All he has to do, quick phone call, even a text message. Right, Callum, I've seen what's what's happened. If you want to talk, my door's always open. Right? Yeah. And then it's down to Callum to go and talk to Sari. But to say he hadn't even. I mean, this happened on Monday. The yeah. abuse. It's Friday now. So Hudson Doyle have been back at Chelsea for a couple of days at least. You think at the so, very yeah, least. Yeah. So to not have even broached the subject tells you there's clearly not a relationship there. Yeah, but then you've got to think he's, you know, so he's got to go through Eden Hazard before he gets to any other <laughs> yeah. players. No, 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 not just Eden Hazard. He has to go through Kepa as well, doesn't he? I thought Kepa. It's Kepa yeah, first, <laughs> then and then Luis. I'm sure is somewhere in there. Then he gets to Hazard, who makes the final decision. Yeah, it's very convoluted. It is, but I mean, I, what I would like to do is I'd like to talk a little bit more about. Racism. Yeah, I think I think this is a week that's passed where we can't really not talk about it, isn't it? Mm. It's 2019 and it's still happening. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's happening with alarming regularity as well. It is. It seems to be every week we we've got some form of um, of racism happening in football globally like Go- oh yeah globally yeah. I mean um, we off mic we spoke a little bit about John Barnes uh, I think he's he's spoken fantastically consistently uh, on on the topic of racism not just in football but uh, in society um, and I remember seeing the Anfield rap say earlier how do you educate these idiots you hear that that's what they need punishment 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 but you're not going to get to the root of it until you educate these idiots how do you educate these idiots? Well, you put you give a man like John Barnes, and he's not the only one with these views, but you no. give a man like John Barnes or John Barnes the airtime 
to try and educate these idiots. It's it's a it's a cultural thing, I think, isn't it? It's, it goes far mm. beyond football. It goes, yeah, of course it does. It goes into it, it goes into the front rooms of people's houses, doesn't it? Mm. It's for for me, I think, and we've spoken a few. You know, we we've said we're both teachers, but I think unless you nip it out, or not even nip it out, unless you are from a family where racism were you you everyone is equal yeah and there are a lot of families and there are a lot of people brought up with those beliefs uh, the problem is there are also a few and and it is it is it's a minority but it's a vocal minority it is and it'll always be a vocal minority but you don't know like we don't i mean it's not like we have an office for statistics on racist incidents I've heard Tom's working on it yeah it, well yeah uh, it could so take far, a while if our stat man's on that sorry actually, stat man. so, so far I've actually found out it's on the rise rather than the decline uh, well, instead I mean, of man who three minutes ago went there's no stats on this yeah I mean we could have probably said that without knowing it uh, but only because whenever something happens in the footballing it, world it's broadcast is it, oh, yeah I was going to say is it on the rise or has it always been there and it's just because it's Far more broadcastable than it is. It's what's been reported. So obviously the ones that the what ones got that me, the radar. What got me um, through the England game was I can't remember who was commentating. It was ITV trash. Um, it's usually Clive Tilsley. Yeah, I think it, it was, might have been Clive Tilsley, but I I don't want to say that for sure. No. He came out and said, I think Hudson Odoi had basically like gone up and sort of like put his hand to his ear or whatever. I think he he said, I don't know what he's what he's going on about. There's been no none of that tonight. Oh, right. Referring to that. racism, I, I didn't watch. And I, everybody I've was seen, around. I've on seen TV, the, you could hear it. I've mm. seen the I've seen the highlights. I've seen Sterling's um, celebration as well, where he yeah. cups his ears afterwards. I, I think uh, a lot's been made about Raheem Sterling over the last year or so to it do with racism. Actually, yeah. Um, and I think um, he's been a real credit to himself and his family, Raheem Sterling, the way he's dealt with it, dealt with the issue at Chelsea fantastically. Yeah. And he's spoken out on more than one occasion about eradicating this disease. Uh, not only from football, but obviously from society as a whole. Um, and he came out afterwards and said it again. He, he said something similar. I mean, I paraphrased him really at the, at the top of this segment. He couldn't believe that it was happening in 2019. And it is, it's bizarre. But John Barnes said something similar, I'm, not similar, but something related to it, which I mentioned to you off mic. If you silence it, that doesn't mean racism has gone. It just means you can't hear it. Now, he says, do we just want to silence it or do we want to eradicate it? Because if if thousands of racists stopped making these horrible monkey noises or making these racial slurs about people of Pakistani descent, if they just stopped it and started being quiet about it, that doesn't stop them being racist. They still have the same views. They're just not airing them in a public venue. No, but for me, I don't think racism will ever be something which is eradicated. But... It needs to be, especially on a football field or a football stadium, there needs to be such a harsh sentence for those few idiots. It does. Um, and obviously being arrested, the threat of arrest and uh, prosecution doesn't do enough. Um, I heard Martin Lipton, who's the uh, the chief football correspondent for the RAG um, newspaper, which name I shall not um, say on our podcast, he was saying that he met the UEFA president, Alexander Seferin, uh, midweek, and he was talking to him about the, the Montenegro um, 
incidents with Callum Hudson-Odoi, Ryan Sterling and Danny Rose. And apparently Seferin was, was visibly distressed and angered by this. And I heard that on, I can't remember whether it was, whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I was like, oh, that's good. That might mean that they're going to come down hard on Montenegro. They haven't, they've charged Montenegro. Um, the Montenegro, I don't know if it's the Montenegro in FA or, um, yeah. but they've charged Montenegro with, um, with that offence. And then Henry Winter, um, a very famous football journalist, posted on Twitter yesterday, uh, and I quote, This is UA for supposedly getting tough on racist behaviour. Shakhtar Donetsk, one game partial closure, must dipl- display the hashtag equal game banner with UEFA logo covering entire sector 13. Lazio, one game partial closure of at least 3,000 seats with the hashtag equal game banner, 20,000 pa- 20, euro fine. I mean that's weak. A twenty thousand euro fine for a club like that so is nothing. It is especially nothing. when it's only a partial close. You can get cl- that money back pretty much from game pa- pa- mm. So Seferin comes out and he's angered by this, and then he's then the organisation that he runs give out these weak, weak punishments. I mean, does anyone genuinely believe they're going to come down and ha- come down hard on no, this? And he goes, for, for me, you clo- if, if it happens, you close the stadium until you you can be a hundred percent. Sure, it doesn't happen again. Yeah, and if yeah. it does, you, you you go up a you go up a step. Um, but to bring it back to the, these shows, John Barnes said again it was rather hypocritical of our media to kind of properly lambast uh, the Montenegro fans when actually we haven't really got our own house in order. We've mentioned it on this podcast a few we times. Have, yeah, you're right. There's been a few incidents in English football this year with Millwall and the Millwall and Everton game. Uh, there was the che- there's Chelsea fans who've been involved in various incidents over the last eighteen months to two years. There was the banana thrown at Aubameyang in the North London derby. Um, there was the racist chanting um, from a couple of West Ham fans at Mo Salah. Yeah. So I mean, there's also this. It's not just in the men's version of the game. Um, Sophie Jones of Sheffield United. Yeah, I heard this. Um, got herself a five match ban for apparently. Um, making monkey noises at Rene um, Hector. Yeah, she plays the Spurs, Spurs defender. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that led. To, and do you know what the fine was? Two hundred quid. I mean, I know the money money isn't there in the, the women's game. Yeah, two hundred quid. Yeah, it's not even she's, even in the even in the women's game. Up the entire well, she's shown up football, you know, along with these fans. We should say that she's always maintained her innocence, hasn't she? I mean, she's been found guilty by this. Is it this FA yeah. panel? Um, there's been no police investigation into no. it, has there? Where, where was actually, her contract has been mutually, I'm doing her quotes, mutually terminated. Well, she, she's come out that and said... That Well, it? yeah, but she's come out and basically implied that she had some um, she had some part in this decision by saying she can't possibly play uh, football again. Um, she basically feels shafted, which I find absolutely bizarre. There's two sides to every story. There is. I, I can't is. say I, I know... And like we say... This story in depth as to that... If you someone know. racially abuses someone on the street, you get arrested. Yeah. And there's been no police inquiry into this at all. There's been, obviously, the independent FA inquiry that's found um, Sophie Jones guilty of, of making those monkey noises. Uh, I don't know uh, the case um, in detail, so I don't know how many witnesses were heard. I don't know who heard what. They must have found some well, kind assume, of evidence. I assume 20 people may have been around. Well, yeah, obviously. But I don't know who heard what. They obviously found enough evidence to charge her. Um, because to char- accuse someone and then charge someone of a racist um, incident like this, it tars them for life. 
Yeah. So I mean, I can't imagine they came to the decision lightly. So yeah, it's not just in the men's game, and like you said, it's not just football really. It's a society, but I mean, we don't really talk about other sports on the podcast because obviously it's a football podcast. But you don't really hear about this in rugby union, in rugby league, even in cricket where sledging is horrific. You oh don't yeah, hear, you don't hear. Um, oh, he was uh, he, there were racial slurs thrown at player X or player Y. Well, it David Warner's back in cricket, so yeah, just wait. Could be soon, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, David Warner. We're not we're not accusing you of anything. We'd, it's, it's you, just really like, you just really <laughs> like sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, really like it. So you don't really hear these slurs in other sports, in other main um, stream sports. It is football. It is, and the thing is. It doesn't help with our, with especially in England. It doesn't help help with our hooligan image. No, which no, it is what doesn't. we've tried to get away from. You know, in in, in these last few years, really. It is, but I mean, I mean, a hooligan image and racism. I think, well, I mean, from the eighties, we'll always have that image to the rest of the world. You saw the Russians and the Poles gearing up to fight some of our fans just because of some kind of outdated, archaic opinion of England fans. Um, our fans don't behave the best all the time, but I mean that's nothing to do with racism. It's not. It is. It's, it is. Yeah. I mean, and this racism thing, this this racial abuse aimed at the likes of Hudson Adore and Sterling um, and Danny Rose. It was disgusting. And that's um, without going into saying about Italy and, and what exactly, there. exactly. Spain, it happens. I mean, you've you've seen uh, players walk off in Italy. Like um, was it Prince Bo- uh, Kevin Prince Boateng? Yeah. Wasn't Bal- I didn't see Balotelli, Balotelli a little while ago as well. Yeah, I mean Jurgen Klopp was asked today if he'd um, if he'd allow his players to walk off if they ever, and he said yeah. He said um, I think uh, he, he, he said he said that as well. He said he'd worried that it, it gives a few idiots too much power to hold a game. But yeah. if but if his players felt uncomfortable to continue, he'd be he'd back them completely. Harry Kane said that for the England team. Exactly. Um, you've just got to basically, and we mentioned this. It's it's down to how the individual wants to deal with the situation. It's not down to us three white guys to tell a black player how to deal with racism. No, no, because no. we have no idea what that feels like at all. Uh, and what and we mentioned Sari earlier. It's not. For us to tell Sari to go and pull Hudson Odoi aside and say, right, talk to me about what happened. It's more about being understanding and being there as a sounding board if someone wants to talk about it. And it's it's one of those, say, you know, you are, and I'm just going to use them as an example because there has been history. Say you are Chelsea and some of your fans are, are, are making such noises in the crowd. Then pull the team off, forfeit the game, mm. lose the three points. You, fans, these fans are not going to want to lose too many three points no. before they start to get the message. Are these are these fans smart enough to think about kind of the Chelsea the fans or the one just in general? Well, it, well, we're Chelsea fans aren't particularly bright, but football fans in general, racist football fans in general, I don't think are going to be smart enough to think. Well, if I keep doing that, I'm going to cost my team three points. They're just going to keep doing it because they're thick. That's what I think. It's anyway. true, but I think I think when you get to this level where you're racially abusing somebody. You're trying to get under the skin. You're trying to cause something. I think it, they would put it down to because I love my club, which I is mean, an extremely it's ridiculous, warped, it's, disgusting, it's warped, horrible it's way. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I agree or not. It's a very good point. Um, you see so much hatred in the stands now. I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying that's all racist, but it's a so sport. Much. It's a bloody ninety-minute game. I, I understand the tribalism in football. I do. When I go to a match, I hate. The United, if we play United, Everton, Chelsea, City now more so, um, not as much as obviously the historic rivals, but for 90 minutes I hate 
those fans, and I hate. Why are you pointing at Tom? I didn't know Blackburn. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, no, hang on. What teams he support now? He said United, United this week. week. Oh, United I see. This sorry, week. sorry, 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 Tom. I told you earlier on the podcast. We do need to start early on telling <laughs> you. Do we need to wear like a little sign here? Like, on the chat. <laughs> we're, we're Today, United. <laughs> not for you, not for, for me. Ah, see. <laughs> see. For you and just, you and I was thinking, what fans? We've just alienated the entire Chelsea race. Yeah, we have. I mean, you stress that it's not just Chelsea fans. They have been caught up in a few incidents. The PSG train incident, the Sterling incident. There have been a couple. The, the John Terry incident with uh, Anton Ferdinand. I know that, that that wasn't the fans, but Anton Ferdinand caught some awful stick yeah. for basically being racially abused by John Terry um, by, um, from Chelsea fans. So it, it is. It's, it's not just a football issue. It's a global issue. It's a society issue. But... Like I said, football does seem to be kind of bearing the brunt of these idiots at the moment because you don't see it in these other mainstream sports. And Kick It Out do so much good work. And a lot in the media, we, we I tear down the media. I cannot stand... You know my feelings on Adrian Durham. I can't stand the man. Uh, I do think he feels like he's morally superior to people a lot of the time. But he has made some really good points. And actually, he's done a lot of work to get it out there in the mainstream. So people are actually talking about it more now. And people need to talk about it more. You can't. It can't be brushed under the carpet like Steve Cavanagh at Millwall wants to do. It's nothing. It's not. It's not Millwall fans. It's the idiots who come to the big games who don't watch us year in year out. It's not. We don't associate them with them at Millwall. He just wants to brush it under the carpet and say it's society's problem rather than Millwall's problem. But he has a point because it's bigger than football, isn't it? It's it is. It is. Football. But they, they seem to happen at sim like. Chelsea is one and I mean it's not just uh, with the racism towards black players the racist the anti-semitic chance yeah. this year that's racism um, so I mean Bruce Buck has come out and said and even Abramovich has come out with a statement not long ago and he's, he's famous for being quite quiet when it comes to talking to the media he, he's come out and asked his fans to stop so obviously there's an issue at Chelsea yeah you say but the anti-semitic thing well you look at where Roman Abramovich is currently Based. Well, Roman Probably Abram- help. Roman Abramovich is Jewish. Yeah, he's, he's, a Ju- yeah, he's, right, he's yeah. Jewish, and yet he's. It would be massively embarrassing to Roman Abramovich to have fans of the club he owns uh, chanting anti-Semitic chants. Look, I th- <sighs> I'm we- not saying. Right, first of all, I'm not saying it's just Chelsea. It is. I mean, it happens at every club. It, uh, there are idiots at every club. There are just some I don't clubs. know every club. I don't know every there are, club. There are idiots. I'm not saying racist. Oh, sorry. I'm saying there, there are idiots, oh, idiots at every, every club. club. Yeah. Um, racist idiots. Obviously, it depends where the incident happens. We're having a few at Chelsea. We had that one at, um, uh, at the Emirates where there was a Spurs. It, must, it, was, it was a Spurs fan who chucked the banana peel at Aubameyang, right. wasn't it? Uh, Millwall. There's been incident after incident. So there is an issue in this country with it. Um, there's nothing. I mean, all we can do is kind of talk about it, discuss it, um, think about what can be done and hope certain things are done. We can't we can't solve the problem. I think this issue is is we wanted to speak about it because it's so fresh. It's far more um, com it's too complex for three it, white lads in a spare yeah. room to talk about. And and also it's so in depth, isn't it, that I think, you know, we could probably talk about it every week for the next year. And we feel and like we, we have mentioned it quite a bit regular I mean we started the podcast in January and I feel like we've mentioned it on quite a few episodes which is disappointing because it means it's happening more and more but for me I don't get I mean you talk about the tribe mentality but for me 
And I've said it earlier, it's a game of football. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, in that 90 minutes, you want to rip the faces off the opposition players. I get that. But racism is such a exactly. different Tri- Yeah, but tribalism and racism, I'm not saying... They don't go hand in hand. What I'm saying is, uh, you have that anger towards the opponent. If you feel the need, if you're that angry at an opponent that you're going to scream racist abuse at him, that's nothing to do with tribalism. Those views have always been there, they're in just you? A, exactly, you're just, yeah, yeah, They yeah. just kind of spurting out of you in some kind of venomous toxic yeah. verbal diarrhea when you're at your, your highest in terms of exactly like stress. When you, yeah high stress biggest intensity they, you don't scream racist abuse if you're not racist exactly it's a bit like um, was it PewDiePie a few years ago yeah and it was, was on like, was streaming yeah, and what did he I, I, would, I think he used the I mean, word to, to um, I have no idea who because he was annoyed or he was like in the middle of something I think it was he? like a Call of Duty game where he was obviously quite angry with how his performance was going or something like that and he for me I'd ne- I, 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 as, as a teacher trust me I've been angry uh, I think we both know that yeah. Stephen, in terms of that I, my mind has never gone to a word to, to think to even no. think of a word no. like that you know what I mean it, it, even I still in my have, angriest thoughts, I still have no idea who the hell you're talking about Pewdiepie. who the hell's PewDiePie he's, he's, is he Swedish yeah you're very he's a Swedish, Swedish YouTuber you know YouTube, it's a, it's a, it's on the internet. We're going to one day get into it. <laughs> hopefully, right. never right. heard. We of have plans. Whoever the hell you're talking about. If 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 we get one or two more listeners, we might pass him in viewers <laughs> when we get to YouTube. Yeah, but otherwise, but anyway, he he's in his angriest moment. He said the N word. That means he's, well, that that means the views have been there. That anger's been there. Exactly. That's yeah. Exactly. It's, if it's not it there, he doesn't from, scream. That comes yeah. from deep, doesn't yeah, 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 it? Yeah, it's, it's not a. Yeah. It's not a. He came out and he tried to like. Oh, yeah, he just said it was a slip of the. Well, not so much of a slip of the tongue. He was just How could that? Of, you can't play. You can't play just, down. You can't play that down. You're like, a racist. If you if you if that is a word that is in your vocabulary. If you're you able to reach if that's, that in the heat if, of an anger. Yeah, if, in the heat of anger, in, in, in your most angry moment, uh, you're looking for a word that will display this anger in such an in a negative way. If that's the word, if any kind of racist term is in your vocabulary to use when you're at your most angry. You're racist. And you if you're using it as an insult yeah, exactly. as well, and you if you use it in a derogatory way, you're a racist. Without a shadow of a doubt, I think that is at its core. We have we have too many. Well, one is too many. In, in well, yeah, of course it is. Uh, yeah, but we course. but we have too many people brave enough to voice their horrendous, horrible, just uneducated views at a football match which mm. spoil it for the rest and you look at these stadium co- these partial stadium coaches that affects that doesn't affect the racists no it affects the rest no. of the fans the more, it affects the atmosphere of the game it affects yeah. do you know what I mean and it has to happen and I think UEFA I think and, and, bigger and, punishment huge fines yeah. points deductions and full stadium closures yeah so points deductions in those leagues that whichever leagues these uh, teams Teams playing if it's like Shak- and no TV like Sha- like Shakhtar or Lazio yeah. and the club teams, um, or docking teams points in uh, ranking. If it's international teams, it has to be huge fines and stadium closures because obviously like lowering them in the rankings doesn't do a great deal. No, but huge fines. Them out the, tournaments would be you're kicking though. them out. That's a great idea. Kicking them out of tournaments. Montenegro, if they're found guilty, which they should be doing, should be kicked out of qualifying. Yeah, any team because they won't do it again. They won't do it again. No, it's very, it's very true. Um, it needs to be the, the But again, that doesn't mean those people who were 
were racially abusing the English players. That doesn't mean they've stopped becoming racist. That might just mean they've been quietened because they don't want to miss out on a tournament again. Getting towards the end of this discussion, this question to both of you then, do you think there'll ever be a time, probably it won't be in our lifetime, but ever where racism is not a thing? Mm. I don't think there will be. I think people think... I think people do it because they feel like they're on a higher standing than whoever they are. mm. I just think that, those words out. I think they'll always be idiots. I think they'll yeah. always be idiots. They'll always be vocal idiots. Um, I'd like, uh, naively, I'd like to think that in sport, it could be eradicated, um, but I, I can't see it in our lifetime. I think they'll always be these idiots. I'd like to think that the punishments become harsher, um, but I agree with John Barnes. We need to eradicate it um, before we talk about not wanting to hear it. Because like, like he said not hearing it and eradicating it are two different things. Because all that means is those racists have become quiet. I think, uh, you know, as well, it it's just education. It needs to be, you know, it, every parent needs to make sure their child The problem is a lot, of, a lot of parents and grandparents don't. You see these uh, videos on, uh, on Twitter after the Millwall thing of the little kind of Millwall toddler screaming racist abuse and his grandma's in the background laughing and kind of egging him on and the problem is until those generations of racists are kind of gone yeah you're not going to eradicate it they'll always they'll always pass it on to the next generation and that's the issue and that's an issue yeah it goes beyond even if you you, you're trying to stop it in football but it's like you said before it it spans the whole life it's not just football the racist thing it is. You've, you've got to stop them in every aspect. Of, of course, but like I said, you don't get these incidents occurring in other mainstream sports. You don't. In this it's country. true. It's a strange one, isn't it? That really. So, I mean, we we keep saying it's not just football; it's a society issue. But these high-profile incidents only seem to happen in football. I think the more focus you put on it, the more the governing bodies have to have to do something about it. They can't just keep giving out these. I agree. I, the thing is, I think money rules all in. in in it does, football, but now you've got, but now you've got some, yeah. Well, now you've got someone like Raheem Sterling, who is genuinely one of the best players in Europe at the moment. But we can't argue on that. Can't argue. Uh, he is one of the best players in Europe, and he's regularly talking up about it. And you need more of that. You, no, I don't mean Sterling's to do more. Sterling's doing brilliant amounts. Yeah. You need more to kind of, and and I'm not saying that they're not doing enough, because uh, Kick It Out do a great job. But Sterling has highlighted. He's put a spotlight on it, and he's keeping it there. And yeah. what it needs is people to start listening to Sterling and just kind of following his lead. Well, it is. And it's, it is. A sh- it's a shame it's Sterling because he's got all that media behind yeah. You know, rightly or wrongly, he's got all that negative media behind him. I think that's I mean, kind of I, dropping off now. I think he's starting, it is to, re- I think he's show, starting to mature. Uh, I, obviously, as a footballer, I didn't like the way he left Liverpool, but I can't help but kind of admire the man that he, he's kind of turning into, the way he's dealing with this racist abuse. And I think... We could all learn a little bit from Raheem Sterling, to be honest. Definitely. Shall we? Shall we end it here? I um, think so. I am sure we will revisit this. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, probably next week. Yeah, probably. Unfortunately, um, I think all that's left to say is come and talk to us at Terrence Podcast on Twitter. Um, I, we've not even got into the games this week. I know that you've got Tottenham. Yeah, we've got Tottenham on Sunday. It's, got, bit, it's the biggest game of the weekend in the Prem. I don't think so. We've got Arsenal on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Who have you got? He has no <laughs> idea. It's I believe it's Watford. Watford. 
Blackburn have got Watford. Oh, I, was, sorry. I, was, I was checking all three of them. <laughs> he said he was a United fan this week. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, but I was sorry. checking all three of them. Sorry. I'm not sure they've got Chester. <laughs> I was meant to be going, but I decided to go and watch a concert instead. Oh, right. right, okay. <laughs> I had to put my boxing gloves away for that one. Yeah, <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, best of luck to your teams um, yeah. this weekend, and we will speak to you next week. See you later.